0: the show's about to start are you ready What's going on? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, Jeff Trenopole, and as always, I bring you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of the original professional baseball team, the Cincinnati Reds. All right, guys, if you found the show, do me a favor, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. I am up to 935 subscribers. That is awesome. I appreciate every single one of you. Now, this show and every show is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out the website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, guys, three days, three days until opening day. Are you guys hyped up? I know I am. I just got uh, two words for you are you ready you didn't know your ass better call somebody <laughs> <laughs> that's a little silly tick tock hype video i did it the weekend so I'll put it on Facebook, and it started blowing up. So trying to get you guys excited about Reds opening day. Now, over the weekend, three more cuts were made. Reliever Nolan Ramirez was released, but outfielder first baseman Nick Domingo and lefty reliever Josh Osich were reassigned to the minor league camp. Now, the five-man rotation is set somewhat. We all know Luis Castillo will be the opening day starter, but he'll be fo- followed by Tyler Malley, Wade Miley, Jeff Hoffman, who if you guys paid attention to the game yesterday, got rocked. So hopefully he does better than he did uh, yesterday. And Jose De Leon. Now, Sonny Gray and Michael Lorenzen are both on, going to begin the season on the IR, but they're expected to be back very, very shortly. Like I said, injuries to Gray and the Lorenzen and also TJ Antone are the reason that Hoffman and DeLeon will begin the season in the rotation. Now, the utility infield fight, which is, I posted a video of Kyle Farmer, how he was actually like shocked, it, or or I don't know if shocked, but the weight was removed off his shoulders because he was told he made the team, which... I always thought he was going to make the team. I didn't really think he'd be the starting shortstop, but I thought he'd at least make the team. So I just thought that was kind of interesting where he wasn't sure he made it. But the battle still, and they haven't made a decision today, and they might not make any till Wednesday. I don't know. But the battle is between Mike Freeman, Kyle Holder, and they put in Jonathan Indy. Now, Indy is going to be, in my opinion, I think starting second baseman. I think he's played good enough to do that. That's why it's feasible to move Gino to shortstop and Moose to third base. So that's where I'm – and the thing is, I said that at the beginning of training camp, spring training, that I think their best option – it's not a great option, but their best option is to put Gino at shortstop. I mean, and you put Moose at third, who is a really good – so you're not losing anything at third – Indy's a really good second baseman. Now I said, you know, move Senzel there at first, but Indy has played so good it's it's hard to keep him off of the opening day roster. And let's let's face it, Reds fans, we've been waiting for these guys. You know, Senzel, Indy, you know, before that it was uh Jesse Winker. You know, we've been waiting for these these rookies, these guys that we've drafted to step up. And now's the time I think the Reds need them to step up. Because I don't know about you guys, but I know we lost Trevor Bauer, and i said this before in uh, other shows. It was a huge loss. But if we get Gray and Lorenzen and Anton back healthy, I think our rotation is going to be fine. I really do. I'm not a big fan of Wade Miley, but I know he's going to be in the rotation just because he is our only left-hander. So... It, I'm hoping he does better than he's shown because he didn't show much of anything last year. And I haven't really been impressed with him that much in spring training. I really like TJ Anton. I really like him a lot. I think he's going to be wherever you put him. He's going to be really, really good. Now the question is, you know, who's going to be the closer? Well, The mad scientist, and I'm not going to just blame him. It's the way baseball is going now, which it's not a bad idea at all to have your best reliever come in in the most stressful situation. The thing is, though, you got to have guys that can come in afterwards because just because the seventh inning at that point is the most stressful situation doesn't mean the eighth or ninth (laughs) won't be the most stressful situation. So I got a feeling... I got a feeling, woo Oh, sorry. No, I got a feeling that there's a chance we can have maybe the Nasty Boys 2.0. I mean, Sims, Garrett. I'm not sure who the third one be yet. But our bullpen is going to be pretty good. Like I said, I think our starting pitching is going to be good. And honestly, if Indy can produce like he's done in spring training, I think our offense is going to be pretty good. I mean... I, Shogo is is, is uh, out with a hamstring, and I, I think he's a big key to our offense. We need him, in my opinion, we need him to lead off every day. Now, will the mad scientist David Bell do that? I don't know. Uh, you know, from what he showed last year, he toyed with him too much, I, I you know, in my opinion, but that's one of the problems. They've got four outfielders and only three – or four starting outfielders and only three spots, so – that's where it's going to be a hit or miss thing to try to figure out what to do with the outfield situation. And David Bell wants this. He, he you know, he wants options. He's got a lot of options, you know. So I'm I'm excited about this, the season. And there's a lot of you know professional prognosticators not are saying, "Hey, let's uh, the Cubs are going to be better. This is going to be better." So you know. If, than the Reds. And I'm like, really? I don't, I don't, I don't see that
1: completely. I'm bringing my boy,
0: Tommy, what's up, brother? What's going on?
1: Hey, what's up, man? How you doing?
0: I'm all right. Well, if he, everybody's wondering where Jeremy's at, Jeremy, uh, had some severe storms go through his, his area down in Alabama this weekend. So he, yeah. didn't have, he didn't have power for like two days. And I know he's wanting to get on the show, but he's got to fix a lot of stuff down there. And he was telling me earlier, he's sore. Cause he, He was cutting trees up that that fell all over his place yesterday. So I know he's got to fix the fence. And so he's, at this point, I don't think he's coming on. But so, Tommy, how are you excited about Red's opening day? Did did you see my hype video? Did you like that?
1: Man, I loved it. I loved it. (laughs) It was awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait whatsoever. New season, ready to roll.
0: Yeah. And and the point I was bringing up before is a lot of these, you know, prognosticators, guys who, you know, oh, this team's going to win. This team's going to win this division. A lot of them are picking the Cardinals and the Cubs, and I'm I'm shocked by the Cubs. I mean, the Cubs didn't do anything. They lost people. I mean, the Reds, we didn't really do anybody, anything either, but we didn't lose a ton. I mean, yes, Trevor Bauer's huge, but that's really the only big piece we got, and I think once we get our Gray and Lorenzen and and, and TJ Anton back, I think our starting rotation's going to be fine.
1: Yeah, I think it is. And that's one thing. I know a lot of people are talking about missing out on Bauer and um, Desclafani, but the Reds still have three starters from last year. And I think Antone's going to be a good starter. And, you know, we're going to see what Lorenzen does. Lorenzen really, uh, he really, I I don't really know the word for it, but, you know, he tried like hell to get into the uh, starting rotation from the bullpen. And, He's got a lot to prove, and I think he's going to prove it. You know, we just have to wait for those guys to get back.
0: Yeah, exactly. And a cr- Crown has it in here because, I mean, I know Sugar is not going to be ready for opening day. He's out with a ham- hamstring. He says uh, Winker will, will lead off. And I think it's either Winker or, or Sinzel, but the way, <laughs> way Winker's playing, hell yeah, put him at that leadoff spot and let him, you know, bat get, get as many ABs as, as he can because we just put that video up this weekend. Actually, you did it. I'll, I'll give you credit for the uh, – 400-something foot home run <laughs> that uh that Winker <laughs> hit. He crushed that ball, dude.
1: Yeah. I mean, one thing about Winker is when he was in the minor leagues, he was a power hitter. You know, I think it was right. single A. He won the home run derby. A lot of people thought the Reds were going to get a 40 or 50 home run guy, but he changed his swing up a little bit. He went more for contact. But one thing about Winker is – his on base percentage, man, he can oh, yeah. carry a high on base percentage, and that's what you want. Yeah, he, he knows
0: the strike zone. He, I mean, I think he's learned that from, from Joey Votto. He really, if you watch him, he knows what a strike is and, and what is it. He's not going to swing at something down in the dirt most of the time. He's he's a very disciplined hitter, and when he, he sees it where he wants it, he's going to drill it.
1: Oh, absolutely. And uh, lefty, and he's got a good swing on him, and I'd like to see what Winker does. I mean. You know, he's going to hit 270 or above. There's no doubt in my mind. Winkers a 270 or higher hitter. I'd like to see him get up closer to uh, 300, but right. You know,
0: maybe he'll get that. I I I posted this on that on that video comment. So I think this is going to be his his best year, I, as long as David Bell doesn't screw with him. Which that's going to be the problem because they got four outfielders, and and honestly, I, I think Shogo is the odd man out. You know in David Bell's mind for some reason. Now that is if Senzel stays healthy the whole year. Cause I would love to see what that kid could do. If he's healthy, he hasn't been able to stay healthy in a, what the three years he's played.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's rough. It's rough. I mean, you know, we know Senzel has a lot of talent. We know he has a lot of potential, but you know, if you can't stay healthy, stay on the field, then Right, but yeah. Yes, like they said, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, the best ability is is availability and he hasn't been uh, available. And what really sucked last year, he was really starting to swing the bat good before he I guess he I don't know if they ever said he tested positive with COVID and that's why he was gone for a month or whatever. I'm assuming that's what it was. But he was really starting to swing the bat well and then he got back and it just it was it was a struggle. So, I mean, the thing is what what's going to be interesting this year? Well, okay, well the biggest problem that baseball players had last year is they could not do their routines. Everybody, all baseball players, they have a routine. They do this every single day to get themselves ready for baseball, and they couldn't do that last year. There were so many restrictions and, and, and so much stuff. You know, you can't do this, you can't do that. You can only be in the clubhouse for so long. You know, you you, you can't only be in the batting cage for so long. You know, you can't be around your teammates that much. You know, all that stuff was going on last year. So. With things starting to calm down and and and, and teams getting uh, the shots or whatever immunization or whatever or, or not immunization but you know the the uh, COVID shot, I'm hoping that that'll get more of a get baseball back to more rea- more regular days so these guys can get their routines and hopefully that'll help the Reds with their offense because 22 innings I'm gonna keep saying it, 22 innings not scoring is sucks but these guys can hit that's what drives me nuts you know look at the back of the baseball card they can
1: hit, oh absolutely, and you know COVID was a screw year last year, and that's like the um that my my thing with it, I mean yeah, mike Muusta is batting what he bat two twenty five or two thirty five I mean Rondo had a down year um mm-hmm. uh, Gino had a bad year, I mean you know it was just it Rado was just had bad a bad year, year. <laughs> yeah. I had a
0: terrible year, and I, I'm curious about him. Like uh, Josh says on here, he's he's gonna have a a big bounce back year. Well, Olvado is has dumped the choking up of the bat, and he's standing more straight up and everything. And to me, the little bit I've seen—I mean, I haven't got to see—they had some games on, you know, beginning of uh, spring training. But the very little bit I've seen of him, and I know he was out for a while now, but it looks like. He's trying to think less. And I think that's a good thing for him. I think he overthinks it too much. You know?
1: Oh, yeah. You know, he,
0: he, he needs to just say, all right, if the pitch is here, in this area, I'm swinging. No matter what, I'm swinging at it. You know, I, I think he tries to, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't swing it. And that's why he does that stupid half swing and all that stuff that drives Reds fans nuts. And I just, I think he's, it just seems like he's going to try. He, he's he stated this that so he's going to try to get more barrel contact. Now, I know with analytics and everything, we have all these new turns. But when I was a kid, we just called it bearing up the ball. You just, you know, see it, you drive, you drive it somewhere. And that's what I think he's trying to do.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that um, – I think the same way you are. And, you know, especially when you go back and when you were talking about how he overthinks everything, and he does overthink everything. He tries mm-hmm. to play chess with the pitcher. And yep. it was real close last year. And that's where you would see him upset with a lot of calls – Pitches were really close. Some of them were strikes. Some of them were balls, and he wasn't right. swinging at them, or he would do that half swing. Mm-hmm. And you just got to be—he needs to be a little bit more aggressive.
0: Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. He's got to be more aggressive. If it's there, if it's close, he's got to swing at it because, at least, if you swing at it, you have a chance of either fouling it off or hitting it. You know, and if you don't do anything, then you're relying on the umpire to 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 make a call. And if it's close, it might not go in your 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 way. So that's where. I think he's going to be more aggressive this year, and I'm hoping that's will permeate throughout the whole team because a lot of these guys, I just think they were just so tight. And, and the only time I saw this offense really take off was toward like that September run. We won like what, six six out of seven series or six in a row or something like that. And that got us into the playoffs. That was the best I saw the offense last year. But you have to remember one thing, Akiyama was leading off <laughs> during those games too. <laughs> So, and that's where I, I think he's a big key to the offense too.
1: Yeah, I was surprised in the spring before he got injured and had to go, you know, where um, he had to tend to his wife and all that. Um, before all that, I was shocked that he wasn't in the lineup as much because I really think he should be an everyday outfielder. You know, we need, he needs more reps. We need to see what, he has what he doesn't have and he needs to face that big league pitching. And the more he faces it, the better he is going to be against it. And I just didn't get that at first, but you know, yeah.
0: Well, that's the thing too. That's where I think I don't think David Bell did any any favors last year because the man's coming over here from a completely different country. He can't speak the language. Well, maybe he can speak a little bit, but he, you know, he has an interpreter all the time. He does every time he does an interview, but he's coming here to a whole new country, a whole new league, you know, the best league in the world. And then COVID hits and nobody knows what's going on. And then he, then he gets thrown back in to, to, to play and bill doesn't play him for the first couple of games or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. to me, that's where I don't think he did many favors. He, he needed to get out there and play every day and get comfortable.
1: Yeah, he does. And, uh, um, I was kind of shocked that they didn't play him and he went on that little tear too. uh, mm-hmm. he had a nice little hitting streak. And then all of a sudden bell, uh, put him back on the bench, and you know we're all like, "What the heck, dude?"
0: Right? I know that's 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 where yeah. David Bell. I've said it before. I, I call him a mad scientist. He drives me freaking nuts. Now I'm gonna get back to Nick's uh, comment up here, where he's talking about the rotation without Sonny Gray. Which, yeah, I'm hoping Sonny misses one or two starts. I'm hoping I'm not a huge fan of Hoffman or whatever the hell his name is who started the other day and. <laughs> Got destroyed. Day De Leon hasn't pitched that bad in training or in training camp. But if you get if you get Gray back and Lorenzo uh, and Ant- I'll put it this way, L- Gray, Lorenzo, and Anto, two of those guys should be in the rotation. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing all three of them. But like, then that makes us a whole you know right handed starting rotation. But I mean, I, dude, if you're getting the guys out the way, especially Antone, the way he is throwing. Did you see that highlight video of him coming and just blowing the Dodgers away? That was awesome.
1: Oh yeah, he's got some good stuff. Uh, I'm excited to see what Antone does this year. He he pitched really well last year, and this spring he was keeping it. Uh, oh, sorry, I was reading a comment, but um, touch, Chris,
0: Chris got Chris <laughs> the king over nicknames here. He he's, he calls Jeremy <laughs> Diet Bag Dean. Now you're you're touchdown Tommy.
1: But um, you know Antone looked good last year. I was concerned about how he would be this year, but this spring. I got a lot of confidence in him watching him this spring. And I'm glad. I believe they said that he's going to be ready to go to start the season. And one other thing I wanted to touch about is I'm not, I'm worried about grade not being in there and the starters aren't the way that, you know, this isn't the best rotation right now, but no. we've got a really good bullpen.
0: Yes, you know? we do. I, I, am that's what I, I kind of said too is I, I, I I said that before you, you jumped on. I'm not a big fan. I mean, I'll put you this way. If you had that one guy, I have a hard time not putting me at the night to end the game. But if you have three of them, kind of like we did in 1990 with the Nasty Boys, and it didn't really matter who closed, which I mean, most of the time it was Randy Myers. But if we can get like the Nasty Boys 2.0, which I'm like, Armin Garrett, Sims, and then one of these other guys could, could step up. I, I think our bullpen is going to be stout. Now, the thing is, it scares me, is I hope David Bell doesn't blow them out in the first, you know, half of the season. Because to me, I, and I know somebody's like one of my buddies, uh, Beetle, at work. He's a big baseball guy, and he's like, you know, he, uh, Sparky Anderson made more uh, changes than David Bell did. I was like, well, <laughs> I said that might be true, but I said the first year David Bell was the freaking manager, our bullpen was shot by half there by uh, the All Star break. <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, I've seen that before. About with uh, Sparky too, making a lot more decisions. But the difference to me in that is Sparky's making decisions of baseball knowledge. David Bell's using a computer. I'm not saying using a computer is bad, but come on, man, use a little bit of knowledge. That's well. that's
0: the thing I don't like about Bell. He he doesn't play, he doesn't manage with any feel for the game, you know. And, and it's just some of some of the, the stuff. Up, up the computer says we should do this in this situation. What do you think? You're a damn manager. You played baseball. You, I mean, your whole life. What do you, what do you think? You know, that's, I don't know. I mean, I think this, this day and age, I think it's gotta be a mixture of both. I'm not saying you should just totally forget analytics altogether, but it's gotta be a mixture. You can't do everything because this is the way the book says.
1: Oh, exactly. And, uh, I want to go back to, um, one of the groups that I'm in Cincinnati, uh, Reds rounding third and heading for home.
0: Yeah, I think we're uh, you know, live sharing yeah. that right now. At least I hope we are. Yeah.
1: yeah, we are. I shared that to the group actually before it came in here. So um, awesome. But there, I, mean, I can't remember who said it, and I'm going to have to go back and I'm going to have to look at the comment of who said it last year. It was at the end of April, and somebody said, "Hey, David Bell, your damn computer needs an upgrade."
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's yes i I couldn't I couldn't agree more with that. It just Uh, And the funny thing is the players like playing for him. I don't, I don't hear any of them, you know, complaining or saying anything bad about him. I just look. And like I said, I, I hope I'm wrong. I want to be wrong. I want the Reds to win. I want them to go into playoffs and win the world series and all this stuff. I want to be wrong about David Bell, but I just, I just haven't seen it so far. So I just want to give a a real uh, quick update here. If you guys are new to the show, this is sports with strawberry ice. I cover Reds, Bengals, Bearcats. Right now we're talking Reds. I'm at 935 subscribers, so make sure if you're watching the show, if you haven't subscribed, please go to the YouTube channel and subscribe. Now, another thing that's coming out that we're, I think they're trying to figure out and what to do is the Punisher, Aquino. He's out of options. Right. <laughs> do you keep him? Because that month he had in 2019 was one of the greatest offensive months I have ever seen by anybody ever. Now, he's never come close to that again. He he may never do it again, but that potential is still there. That's what I'm like, do you you give up on him, you know?
1: Yeah, that's a tough one right there. I mean, he's definitely not a starting outfielder at this point. You know, with the guys that they got, I don't think that he should be be starting. Bench player, maybe. But the problem is, is where he's young, it doesn't benefit him to be on the bench and not getting reps.
0: Exactly. Um, He needs to be in the Myers plan, but we can't put him there.
1: Right. And that's the, uh, and that's the big, big dilemma that the Reds have. Uh, He had that, (laughs) that month in um, 2019, man, that thing was uh, awesome, but it seemed like once pitchers figured him out, he didn't know how to adjust. Now, I don't know if he doesn't want to adjust if he doesn't know how to adjust or if the hitting coach doesn't know how to show him how to adjust, but if he can't adjust to the pitching, then you know he's going to struggle, and we we seen that afterwards. But I don't know, man. I I'd hate to give up that power, but that's that's tough, yeah. man. It's well, tough. The
0: thing is, though, I mean, if they do, they're not going to. I can't see them just outright releasing him. I think they, if they do it, they'll well, they they have to put him on waivers and somebody pick him up. But I would hope if they don't keep him. They at least try to get something for him. I would, it cause you know, it, you know, what's going to happen though. It, it, he's going to go somewhere else and he's going to take off. You know, it's just, that's, that's just the way it is with the Bengals and the Reds. And that's probably what's going to happen. But one thing I want, good, good. I
1: was going go to say, it reminds me of Edwin Encarnacion, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, exactly. He, went he to was, Toronto, and man, that guy just blew up.
0: Yeah. If we had a DH in the NL, he would, he would have been fine. But, <laughs> um, one thing I want to bring up now, uh, Luis Castillo is going to be our opening day starter, and this is a trivia question for for people out there. Do you know who we traded to Miami to get Luis? To me, one of the greatest trades in Reds history. Tommy,
1: do you know? Was that Lados? Nope. Damn.
0: Now the problem is I had it in my head, now I can't remember right now. <laughs> I had it while I was doing the story. I didn't write it down. Yeah, there you go. I, yep, yep, Nick got it. I knew somebody get it. That's that's it.
1: Dan Straley. I thought Dan, we got Straley from the Marlins. I didn't know we gave him to the Marlins.
0: <sighs> yep. Josh got it too. But yeah, I mean that that trade and t- trading for uh Gino, which was uh. The fat uh potato pitcher, uh Reyes, that we <laughs> traded him to Detroit and then he came back. Those are two of the best trades. Now I was I was kinda I won't say upset, but at the time Dance Trailer was literally our only pitcher. <laughs> and this yeah. was another they, they traded him like right before opening day. I mean, it wasn't the day of like we got Sean Casey or anything like that, but it was you know, like the week of like this week they traded for him. I'm like. Why? Why are you trading our opening day? You know, why, that doesn't make any sense. We were we were rebuilding, which you know, yeah, pasta. There you go, Nick. Exactly. We got him for the big pasta. Yep, <laughs> and then, and then and then he came back and tried to, you know, because I mean, he had that one. You remember he had that one great year with the Reds, like mm-hmm. 2012 or something like that. And then we turned around, and traded him, and uh, and got Gina, which is. Uh, two, those are two of the best trades in Reds history, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Castillo and Gino. that's probably two of the best trades that um, Cincinnati has ever uh, ever been in. And, you know, it's awesome that both of them are still on the roster. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what to think of Gino. You know, we got him as a shortstop. He went over to third base. Now he's going back to shortstop. That could get interesting.
0: Well, only thing I could that I, it's it's intriguing to me. Now, I think if you've seen Gino, he is slender. He lost a lot of weight, and I think his whole goal was to be a shortstop. I mean, he's I mean, he played shortstop. That's what he came up as, and I think his goal this offseason is he saw an opportunity, saying, "Hey, you know, they could I got a sh- sh- shot at being the shortstop." That's why one of the reasons I think he he got he lost the weight to try to make it so he can move better. He's done it before, and who knows? Maybe it'll work. I mean, everybody always – remember Cal Ripken? Cal Ripken Jr.?
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like I don't remember who that is. (laughs) Well,
0: I guess guess my point is, was he like that great of a defensive shortstop? He was good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to rip the guy, but he's a better offensive shortstop than he was a defensive one. And he played good. But compared to like Barry Larkin, I don't even think it's close. I think Barry Larkin's a better – Defensive shortstop than Kyle Ripken ever was.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Um, I've actually got a uh, good This Day in Reds History that's going to go up on the page tomorrow and sort of involves uh, Barry Larkin.
0: All right. What do you got? Or um, we should just wait till tomorrow. To, just well, we can everybody. wait
1: till tomorrow, but yeah, give the uh, yeah. viewers a free view. It was uh, This Day in Res History tomorrow. Um, Barry Larkin was actually injured, and Pokey Reese took his place. I believe that was in 98. 98 that happened. And wow. uh, uh, Pokey Reese's debut with the Reds. Well, debut was starting at shortstop. And he – four er- errors. Committed four <laughs> errors.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Man, right. that, that's a, and Pokey was known for his glove. He couldn't hit. But he could, and he that's could what's
1: crazy. You know, people were just like, could you imagine if we had social media in 98 No, when he committed no. Those four errors? Oh, wow. he would he would have been done. And wow, he, he ended up – destroyed. And he came back and won a golden glove in 99 and 2000.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he I mean Pokey Reese he 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 had that one. I mean, again, he was one of those guys on the 99 team had that one really good year. And then we traded everybody. And I never really heard from him again. But I think he did win a World Series ring with the Red Sox. One <laughs> of the times that they won the World Series, he was he was there. So that was
1: interesting. Yeah, he was on the minor league team here. Very down to earth guy, real cool guy.
0: Yeah, I remember I wasn't uh, got an autograph from him one time, and uh, we we're standing in line for like an hour, and the line was he was only supposed to be there for like two hours, and he and his time was up, and he was about they cut the line off, and he was about to get up, or we like no, come on, because I was like five people away, and I like I'd never stand in line for autographs because I just I yeah I don't have the patience for, it, but he he got up, he goes all right, come on, let's finish the line, I'm like all right, good, <laughs> so I got I got a your <laughs> autograph, but I want to bring this awesome. around to um some Bearcat conversation here. I know you got it there in West Virginia. You, you got our, our coach. You got hugs. And people still wish he was our coach. A lot of people still do. I, mean, I do, but you know it is what it is. Water under the bridge. And that's kind of the way I felt with Mick. I mean, Mick didn't stick around. He took off and I've been a bit of big Brandon supporter. Now, what's going on here in Cincinnati is, it sounds like the Bearcats are trying to get rid of uh John Brandon. Now, it looks like, uh, I said the Reds or the Bearcats. I meant the Bearcats. The Bearcats are trying to get rid of Brandon. They're doing a Investigation is not from the NCAA, it's internal. One, my opinion, because they don't want to pay the man five million dollars to buy him out. Now, my whole issue with this is it's almost April, they buy him out, they fire him. We've got four guys on the roster right now. We had one guy who committed, which he can easily get out of it. My opinion, we buy him out or we fire him or whatever. We're going to be just, we're going to be in the same spot we were when Huggins got fired. When Huggins got fired and Mick came in, we had one recruit. (laughs) That was it. That's the only person Mick had. Whoever gets this job, if these guys stay, he's going to have four. Now, the other good thing is the one good thing is the transfer portal is huge. But if they don't make a decision soon, quickly on what in the world they're going to do, we're going to be screwed for a couple years. So. (laughs) Uh, it, it took, and the thing is, it took Mick Cronin six years to get back to the NCAA tournament. So, Bearcat fans that don't want Mick, or don't want uh, Brandon, it looks like you're going to get what you, you wanted, but yeah, sometimes you might want to be uh, careful what you ask
1: for. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Watch what uh, You better watch what you wish for because, you know, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. And, you know, I'm not really – uh, familiar with hearing about any other teams uh, losing eight guys, but like West Virginia here, um, we got two guys entered in the transfer portal. Uh, one of them, obvious he wasn't going to get playing time. uh boy from up there at Moeller, Miles McBride took his job and he just took it and ran with it. So he's, uh, he's transferring. Another guy is transferring. One of their, one of their better players, Emmett Matthews, he's uh, transferring as well. And two guys, are going to try their hand at the NBA. They can always try to come back, but you know right. that's potentially four guys right there. And there's almost a thousand people in the transfer portal right now. The last time mm-hmm. I looked, there was like 987 kids in the transfer portal, and it's happening everywhere. everywhere. You know, we and see one, it.
0: Yeah, I was just saying one one thing where Bearcat fans have to get this out of their head that that Brandon can't coach. Brandon can coach. Now there's because I mean that, that was evidence of what he did in the AAC tournament, getting all these freshmen to play the best they played all year to go to the championship game. I know we got doors blown off by Houston, but Houston, um, they're still in the NCAA tournament and they're in the Elite Eight tonight. So I said this on Bearcat Country that Houston is a final four team, and somebody blew me up. Ah, they're not a final four team, dude. They're this <laughs> one went away from going to the final four. So I know what I'm talking about. Anyway, my point is. Like, like Nick said, we got to hurry up and figure out what we're going to do. Do it quickly, but that's the problem. The fastest thing to do is to pay him five million dollars and let him go away. You know, but I don't think the Bearcats want to do that. And the problem is, who's going to be the coach? You know, I mean, I almost think that it might be they might have to go with an interim guy for a year, and that's going to set us back even more. I don't know. It's going to be really hard to to, to get a coach in here now, they would have just kept Brandon. Because if you read the article on the athletic, the freshmen, they said they couldn't relate to him. It wasn't that he was mean to him or anything like that. They said the practices were hard. So he backed off, which I'm sorry, dude. If these kids said practices were hard, they would have hated Mick Cronin's practices. They would have hated Bob Huggins practices. Hated them. So good. Go
1: I was going to say, could you imagine kids these days, especially up there, if they said that about Brandon uh, with hugs, because he still uses the treadmill. You know, Mike's elevation, max speed for sixty right. seconds. Yeah, he, he still punishes players like that. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Well, they'd be dropping like fr- uh, the, uh Excuse me, they'd be dropping like flies.
0: Yeah. Now Nick on here says, "Go get Nick Van Axel which I I I love Nick Van Exel. I do. I, I, I think he's a great guy, a great Bearcat. I'm not sure why everybody keeps saying, go get him. Nick Van Exel has never been a head coach anywhere. <laughs> he's, I, I'm not saying he'd be bad. I'm not saying he'd be good. I don't know. I just don't understand why everybody's like, go get Nick Van Exel. Uh, okay, well, that's going to fix everything. I mean, and I, I've said this before. and mean, Crip on here, have had conversations about this. I'm like, 18, 19-year-old kids Most of them don't know who Nick Van Exel is. You know, it's not like Penny Hardaway walking in the door. They know him. Penny Hardaway had commercials. He's, you know, he's still, and Penny Hardaway was part of the AAU circuit. Nick's not that I know of. I mean, I think he's, like I said, I think he's a coach, assistant coach in the NBA. So I'm not saying don't get Nick Van Exel. I just don't understand why everybody's like, well, we'll fix it like that with Nick Van Exel. Really? I mean, you got to be able to get a guy who can recruit. If he can't recruit... And honestly, recruiting is almost more important than actual coaching. If you can recruit and get really good players in there, I mean, look at John Kyle Perry. I mean, he gets the best players. Now, I think he's a better coach that people give him credit for, but he's still not a great X's, X's and O coach for the talent he's had. He's only won you know, one national championship. But you got to have a guy who can recruit and, and coach. And the thing is, get back to the athletic uh, um, article, where the players said they couldn't relate to him. Okay, these are freshmen. This is the first time they've been home, away from home probably. They couldn't leave. They couldn't go anywhere. Hell, they couldn't even talk to their coach that much because of COVID. <laughs> so to me, it's like I understand what they're saying, but it's kind of like it's not like he was throwing basketballs at their heads or or starving them or anything like that. The stuff that I heard is just silly. I mean, it's just dumb stuff to, to not to, to not want to come play for the guy. I mean – my opinion, anyway.
1: Yeah, I'm not a Bearcats fan. You know, I go one here, go Mountaineers. I'm sure you're going to get some oh, yeah. thumbs over that. But, um, <laughs> but I do understand the perspective. And um, uh, I've been following the transfer portal a little bit, and I'm seeing a lot of freshmen in that transfer portal. And I think what happened is the college experience has changed. You know, a lot of these guys took visits before COVID, and then they get on college – on all these campuses and everything's changed. So, oh, yeah. you know, they feel let down and they think it's your grass is going to be greener on a nut on the other side. And it's not, yeah. but I mean, it's, it's like Terry know, is what it is.
0: My, yeah. Like Terry Nelson said on my show here before he goes, college is supposed to be fun, you know, and this is supposed to be the funnest time of their life. And Terry's like, this wasn't fun. And, and Terry said that had nothing to do with Brandon. That had to do with the situation of COVID and all that stuff. He goes, because basically all they could do is study, eat, practice, and play a game. That's it. They couldn't do anything else. So that's where – and that's throughout college basketball. Now, like I said, we had a ton of freshmen. It was hard on them. So that's where I'm – you know, they were disenfranchised of what they thought their college experience was going to be. Now, i titled the show, to One of the things I put on there is since Mick Cronin – for The first time in his basketball career has made it to the elite eight. As Bearcat fans, are you guys rooting for Mick, rooting against him, or just don't care? Because I'll put you this way I watched the, the UCLA game last night and won it overtime. It was a great game. I was I was rooting for man. I mean, I, I couldn't help it. it was, I, I was happy to see Mick succeed because, dude, he's a city boy, he's a west sider like me. You know, I, I liked Mick a lot. I mean, I didn't like his offense sometimes, and to watch the UCLA game. They actually made free throws. No Bearcat team he ever had made free throws. They made free throws. I'm like, that was kind of irritating to watch that. But, I mean, I was was happy for for Mick. Sorry.
1: Well, it is a little easier. And don't think that I'm just bashing on Bearcats here because I'm not. Because West Virginia is in the same boat here. Um, It's a lot easier for him to recruit somewhere like UCLA than Bob Huggins to recruit at West Virginia or Brandon to – Recruit to Cincinnati, and Cincinnati has a lot of real good basketball players in other other schools, including West Virginia and Huggins. They're going to come in and they're going to um, snatch these guys up. And it is a uh, really hard to uh, recruit in the area. And you know, but going back to your question, mm-hmm. I mean, if 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 that was my th- if the Bearcats was my team, and what happened, I would say. I would pull for the guy, you know, I'd pull for him, you know, he was here, you know, yeah, I know it sucks because it's not your team, but I'd still pull for him because a lot of, there's only one coach in, or two coaches in West Virginia history that I wouldn't pull for. I'd, I'd want to see them fall on their face. They fell on their face and I'm laughing. I'm laughing every second of it. Who, who, who are the two coaches? Rich Rodriguez and Dana <laughs> I knew, Holish.
0: I knew, I knew it was Rich I knew that one. I know, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just frustrating because from where what Mick took over to where he got it to, and I'm, I'm just curious. And this, this kind of crossed my mind today is, would the things been different if, if Mick had not, and the Bearcats had not blown that lead, what three years ago now in the Nevada game in, in the NCAA tournament, if they didn't blow that, that lead, and they went to. The Sweet Sixteen. I've been the second time Nick got there, but he didn't, because that that team was stacked. There's there's guys on that team that are playing in the NBA, so that, that that was one of the that was probably I think Mick's most talented team. If they don't blow that lead and they and they move on, does, does, is Mick still here? Are they still? Because I think that really changed a lot of stuff for him. I think the the athletic director got really frustrated of not getting out of the second round. You know, because we didn't. <laughs> and but that was mike boone and then after he ran mick off he hired john Brandon. who i, I mean I've, I've still support john Brannon. i think he's a good coach i wish they'd keep him but i don't like i said it doesn't look like they're going to so we need to hurry up and figure out what we're going to do but the thing is boone got Randy mock got rid of him and then boone took off and, and i i kind of said this it's just like freaking nancy ziffer she ran bob huggins off and then a year later she left i'm like why in the hell have you, why are you guys running off our coach when we have, and it's always the basketball coach? You know, we, we ran our, our two best basketball coaches off. We ran them off. We, Huggins, we fired. Mick, we, we didn't really fire, but we didn't, you know, give them a, a contract extension or any, any kind of love to stay here. But our football coaches, everybody always wants them. We try to keep them. But our, we had two b- good basketball coaches in the last 30 years, and we ran them both off. I'm like, why? <laughs> you know? And now to me, to me, we got another one. I think I still think he's a good coach, you know, and now everyone wants to run him off. I'm like, you run him off. We are screwed. <laughs> like, I mean, it's it's going to be rough if we bring. I mean, I don't think they're bringing John Brand back now because of the investigation and everything. That's not happening. But I just it, it's it, whoever takes this job. It's going to be very tough because we're not the UC of old. With, with, with Bob Huggins in, in Conference USA where we were number one in the country and people knew who the Bearcats were. Bob Huggins had had an image, had, had, had a thing, you know, an aura about the Bearcats. We don't have that anymore, you know. That, that, led, that We had a little bit of one with Mick, but it never got to the same level of what Huggins was, you know. And with us being in the American Athletic Conference, makes it harder to recruit because of the, the conference we're in. So with that, with the conference and the, what they're doing with Brandon, that's another thing you people got to look at, too, is if this university is not backing their coach. I mean, they didn't back Mick Cronin, and he left. Now they're not backing John Brandon, and they're trying to get rid of him. What good coach going, you know what? By golly, I want to go to the Bearcats, where they don't support their, bear, their head coach at all. I'm just like, I just... I, it's just, it's just. I think it's gonna really be hard. I think it's a bad precedent that they've set.
1: Well, you just have to think about it. Like in this situation, let's just say you're a head coach. Well, really, any successful head coach probably isn't going to be looking to go somewhere like Cincinnati at the moment. But you can right. look at a uh, um, an assistant coach. Yeah. And think about this: you're an assistant coach on a really good team, and you're looking to get a head coaching job, get l- more money, you know. Run your own team, and Cincinnati comes calling, and you got four guys on the team, right? <laughs> exactly. So are Are you going to take that job? I mean, a lot of them are just going to be like, "Are you kidding me?" And yeah. that's why I don't really don't think that they should run Brandon off. I think that they should just roll with it, see what he can do. You know, it is a mess right now, but this is his chance to uh, step up and prove it, and be like, "Hey, I'm going to clean this mess up." I promise you I'm going to put a good product out there on the court and let's see what the man's got. What What is this? Is this his third year that he's coming in to coach?
0: This If he stays, this will be his third year. But like I said, yeah. I don't see how they can backpedal on this. You know, they're doing – an why would they be doing an investigation? They're doing an investigation to get out of the contract because they don't want to pay $5 million. You know, if they weren't – if they were to keep him – they wouldn't be investigating. They just let them keep going. Like, all right, well, you know, because there's no there's no NCAA violations. None of the kids said that Brandon treated them uh un- unfairly or whatever. So that's not the problem. The problem is all these kids got upset and left, and Bearcat Country is going. We gotta get rid of Brandon. And so it's a fan base coming after him. Is this and instead of Cunningham said having a backbone and saying, "Back at our coach. This is our coach." And I know Cunningham didn't hire him. So it's it's different. Boone was here still, and he might have backed it because he's the one to hire him. Cunningham didn't hire him. So instead of having a backbone and backing your coach up, you're going, Oh, okay, well, maybe we should get rid of him. And I don't think it's it's because to me, the Bearcat legends, guys like Corey Blunt, Terry Nelson, Nick Van Exel, these guys. Oh, I don't know about Nick, I, I, I haven't heard from him, but I know Corey and 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 Terry have come out and, and Melvin Levin have come out. They like Brandon, you know, they're they're they don't think he's a bad coach, so that's where I'm like, why is everybody so against him? I just that's where I just can't wrap my head around why everybody's get because the thing what Bearcat fans complain the most about Mick Cronin is we all we were was defense. We had no offense. We couldn't shoot free throws. So okay, we got a guy who's an offensive coach. So you got what you wanted, and then again. You didn't want that. So now we don't want Brandon. we want to go back to what we had before that were what we were complaining about. I'm like, it's just to me, it's a, a it's just a very bad precedent. It's I don't cause, cause if you're a coach, especially with what's going on here and what they're going to have to work with, it's going to take two or three years to, to get back to where Mick Hannis It's going to take that long because they have just destroyed it. And, and I know when everybody leaving, they're like, well, if Brandon hadn't run everybody off, yeah, but if Brandon's still the coach here, you can get transfers and all this stuff, and he can be working on that right now. I don't think he's working on any of it right now because he doesn't know if he has a job or not. I mean, look, I don't know if you tell me if somebody's trying to fire you or whatever, are you going to go, you know what? I'm going to do my best and try to get this program up because it doesn't matter because if he's not going to be the coach, because no, no kid is going to come here because they don't know if he's going to be the coach, he might get fired. So there's nothing Brandon can do right now other than try to get his $5 million or or stay. That's why right. this is such a bad situation for the Bearcats.
1: Right. And you know, you hit it right on the head with uh talking about the transfer portal because a lot of these kids, it wasn't like they didn't like the college experience, and that's the reason why they're in a the transfer portal. For some of them, that is, but for others, they need they want to playing time. You know, a lot of these guys, you know, they're going in and they yeah. want to see playing time.
0: Yeah, that, that's what You got
1: to yeah, that, that's what
0: Zach, Zach Hart was, what he, he was. He left because he's playing time. I'm like, dude, you're playing the whole time. You know,
1: I mean, yeah. dude, all
0: the, like all of our freshmen were playing. They're playing more than Mamadou Diarra, and Mamadou was a senior. So I'm like, <laughs> what do you, I don't, I don't, and the thing is, what I don't get to, it was so bad. It was so terrible playing for this guy. Then why the hell did they play so good after the COVID break? They lost four Bro. games, and two of them were to Houston.
1: Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so bad. why'd you play so good? <laughs> I mean, honestly, and like I said, I seen that run in the AAC and, uh, I thought that they, um, had a good run. I mean, <laughs> they beat SMU, they beat Wichita state who Wichita state had a good team. And I mean, here it is. They hit the finals. I mean, of course, Houston, uh, Memphis had to play Houston, Memphis won the NIT. I mean, <laughs> you know, so, um, they had a really good run, and Houston's good. I mean, it don't matter who you are. I can understand. You could tell, like, with Brandon and the players, they were pumped up. They were dejected after the Houston loss, and I'm sure a lot of that motion played into, like, entering the transfer portal. But Houston's really good. They got shooters, and they can play defense. And this – I can't remember if I did in my bracket or not, but I know I had Houston to the lead Eight. I honestly think I had Houston in the Final Four. And that was before all this started. I mean, that's just how good I think Houston really is. And oh, really good. Yeah. But, I mean, there was other good teams in the AAC, too, especially like Wichita State. And, um, you know, <laughs> they went out there and they beat them. This team has a good run. And that's what I go back with all these uh, guys that are in a transfer portal. Um, they're going to look at the coach. And a lot of these guys are going to overlook how many uh, – players are on your roster right now because they want play time, but they're going to look at that coach and they're going to be like, man, this team almost made the NCAA tournament. All they had to do was just win one game and they would have made it. I think I'm going to think I'm going to look into this team and see what it's all about. And, you know, with the transfer portal, you can almost draft as well. So, you know, take all this, uh, all these distractions away from Brandon and let him do his job, go out there Try to grab some of these guys in and because it is, it's almost like a draft. I mean, you got a thousand guys out there. I mean, <laughs> right. how many yeah. uh how many players do you think he can pull in out of a thousand? He may not be able to pull in fifty, but he don't need fifty. He pull hmm. in a couple, he recruit a couple more guys, and you got something going.
0: Right. But for any of that to happen, they got to figure out if they're gonna keep them or not. Now, like I said, I, yeah. I think they're trying to get rid of them. But anyway, like I said, we are three days away from Reds' opening day, and I want—I to play my little hype video again. So let's let's check this out. You didn't know your ass better. Call somebody. I <laughs> people fired up because they got the Tweety birds coming in. This Thursday, what time is the game here? Game day is at four ten. Now I plan on being down at the banks, hanging out, pre-game, and then going home. Well, going home and watching the game because I don't have tickets, but that's okay. It's still gonna be fun uh, to watch the game, and we're actually gonna have fans in the stands. Tommy, fans are actually gonna be in the stands great. for a real baseball game.
1: That's oh, great. Yeah, it's great. I'm Love it. Can't wait to go down Love there. It. Give me
0: a give me a beer and a dog. Nice, warm sunshine, watching Reds baseball. And I think, uh, I, like I said, I, I really do think the Reds, the people are sleeping on the Reds. I think they're a more talented team than the, 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 the national media giving them credit for. You know, I'm, I'm still surprised that they picked the Cubs and the Cardinals over, over the Reds. I mean, the Cardinals, yeah, they got Nolan Arenado, but what else did they get? I mean, they got basically the same team. I mean, we have basically the same team. We beat them last year.
1: Oh yeah, and you know I'll go back to that too, and I am worried about guys like Gray and Lorenzen. That's not going to start in the rotation, you know, on opening day. You know they're going to start off the season on the uh, disabled list, but you know you still got three good pitchers. You got starting pitchers aren't going seven, eight, nine innings like they used to, anyways. So a lot of teams are relying more on their bullpen, and I think the Reds have one of the best bullpens in the National League.
0: Yes, and and that and that. Uh, to be honest, this team almost kind of reminds me a little bit of the of the the '90 team. You know, we're a veteran team. We're I mean, yeah, indie If Indy starts at second, yeah, he's he's a rookie, but we're a pretty veteran led team now. And it's it's kind of getting to the point where it's like, all right, you know, it's time for them to do something about this. And that's kind of like where the Reds were in you know '89, '88. Uh, you know, th- those years they kept finishing second. I know this team didn't finish second. They made the playoffs and went 22 innings without scoring a freaking run. <laughs> But it, might, it just kind of seems like they're on and, and people are sleeping on them. And, you know, as long as David Bell doesn't screw it up, I think we might have a pretty good season. <laughs> but we'll see.
1: You know, we're all hoping for another good season. Um, we're hoping for, for it to be better than last year. And I think it will be. I think we're going to see some of the hitters break out of their shell. I think we're going to see Moose. He's going to, you know, he's better than that average last year. Oh, yeah. He's better than oh, yeah. that one base percentage. You know, this is a guy that's going to hit close to 30 home runs for him. You know, I'm looking for him to be back up to about the 260, 30 home run range. Um, I think Winkers, God, that still got a bright future ahead of him. Um, you know, Don't forget, that was another, he
0: about Cablastos. You know, oh, I've yeah, Castellanos. Castellanos.
1: <laughs> Um I followed Castellanos for a while because he's been a staple on my fantasy baseball team we draft every year. I always picked up Castellanos and, you know, he's not a star, but man, that guy would always hit
0: him. Oh, he, he was, he he was hit
1: hit and, um, you know, so I am. And, um, you know, we got Jonathan India too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's really been a while since the Reds have had, had a true rookie start. I know that mm-hmm. they had Cecil and, you know, but with Senzel, he, He's, play, he's playing
0: out of position. He had to learn center field yeah. on the fly. India already knows how to play second base.
1: Right. So, you know, I'm excited for that, especially with the way that he was playing this spring. I know a lot of people were saying that, you know, with India, he didn't – you know, the pitching he was going against wasn't Major League Pitching. Well, a lot of it wasn't Major League Pitching, but a lot of those guys are coming out of the double-A, and double-A is where a lot of your top pitching yes. prospects are. So. Yes you know, there's still a lot to, um, look forward to with India as well. And I don't know. I mean, I'm pumped about this team. I (laughs) I just can't, I'm ready to get it started.
0: I'm ready to get it started. I I got, I got a bold prediction. This is, this is how good if if Indy can produce like he did in spring training, my bold prediction is he might be rookie of the year. If he's rookie of the year and Joey Votto is back to being Joey Votto, which he, I don't know. He might be on the, the injured list too when we start the season, but uh, it looks like he, he's playing a lot and he's trying to get his strength back or whatever you know from from COVID. Um, there's a good chance a possibility that he could start uh, on opening day. I think they're going to wait till Wednesday to determine that they, they got like a um, a scrimmage game or something they're playing. I think Wednesday, and I think he's going to play in that. So there's a good possibility that Vado is uh, back in the rotate or back in the uh, starting lineup. And if we can just hold off until the pitching staff can hold it together until Gray and Lorenzen and TJ Ant- Anton get back. Dude, but the key is this is what I I always say this, and David Bell has had a hard time getting this team off to this a good start. You've got to get off to a good start. That is, and I know they play 162 games, but if you start off, you know nine and or one and nine, you're you're, you're behind the eight ball almost the whole year. So they got to get off to a good start.
1: It's all about momentum, baby. It's all about momentum. You have to you know, you start off hot, when those guys come back, you're going to be rocking and rolling, but if you, like you said, if you slow start, (laughs) you know, it's tough. It's tough to get that momentum back, get that confidence back, and a lot of guys, like Votto, put pressure on themselves, you know, because he'll feel like, all right, we're not going that well right now, so we have to, uh," you know, so he wants to put the team on his shoulders, and he can't do that.
0: Yeah, he's got to rely on the other guys, and Gino, Gino is I think he, he needs to have a bounce back year too cuz he had a bad year. There's a lot of guys on the team who had bad years last year and they're all not that bad. You know, like Chris Welch says, you know, look at the back of the baseball card, that's usually what how they how they play. And Gino's a pretty darn good hitter. Now we'll see how playing shortstop affects him, but I think he's ready for it. I think he wants to do it, and if he wants to do it, that's even better. You know?
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, it's what I can't wait and you know, from top to bottom, you know, if you look at defensively and with them at the plate, the Reds got a really good lineup. They yeah. really do. They got mm-hmm. some good. Uh, they got some good guys coming off the bench as well. And the bullpen, like I said, I can't stress enough. I think this bullpen, on paper, this bullpen looks really, really good. And I know a lot of people didn't understand um, picking up Cam Bedrosian, but <laughs> you know, he's been a solid reliever as well. And um, you know that's just going to add. I mean, with him in the mix, you know, being a setup guy. You know, with Lucas Sims possibly being a setup guy. You know, going right. at it with Amir Garrett. What did Amir Garrett do? He it was three innings, nine batters, nine strikeouts. Right.
0: Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: I mean, that's, that's your point <laughs> right there. you got to yeah. shut down guys. So um, I really think that they're going to. um I think they're going to have a good season. You know. Uh, you know. It goes let's back, hope so, man. Yeah,
0: let's hope so. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you jumping on the show, Tommy. And uh, as, uh, as uh, calls a Crip called you, Touchdown Tommy, so maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe that'd be your new nickname. But uh, I'll let you I'll roll on out of here good. and I'll what's that?
1: I'll use that next time.
0: There, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yep, sounds good, man. Hey, All right, thanks, brother. man
1: Appreciate you. Yep, thanks so. for jumping
0: on. See you, brother. All right, guys. Now, uh, let's get to the Facebook group. Actually, I want to get to this. Jamie, if you guys watch, I don't know how many of you guys watch me and also watch uh, Bengal Jim, but uh, <clears throat> Bengal Jim's show is on every Sunday night. Well, actually, he's not going to be on next Sunday, huh? but he's on most Sunday nights. Uh, but anyway, Jamie, his producer, is going to be on my show tomorrow. Now, this is the Jamie from Canada. Uh, so we'll have him as a guest. Hopefully, Jeremy will be back. So... He's, I know he's got a lot of stuff going on down there because uh, like I said, they had a lot, a lot of storms go down through there. And he said, trees falling down. He's got to go get his fence put back together and all kinds of stuff. So hopefully Jeremy will be back tomorrow. But this brings me to the Facebook groups that let me live stream. I appreciate every single one of them. They're day nation, a great Bengals group. I encourage you guys all to join that Cincinnati Reds running third, heading for home. I hope you guys liked that. I talk mostly baseball today because I'm trying to pivot. It's baseball season, you know. I'll still keep talking Bengals, but right now it's uh, baseball season. So it's us get the Reds to uh, the playoffs and not 22 innings with no no uh, 22 scores innings. Let's hope that doesn't happen again. And then the Ohio State Bucknuts, Bearcat country. That's how I talk about Bearcats on here. So that's a great group you can join. The Ice Bar, it's my my page, show page that we I post uh, silly videos, kind of like. Uh, this one you didn't know your ass better call somebody (laughs) (laughs) so i post stuff like that on the ice bar And sometimes if it's funny enough, I'll put it on the show here. Uh, Follow me on Facebook under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I have 868 people that like it and 974 that follow it. Twitter followers, I'm up to 241. I'm also on Instagram and, like I said, TikTok. You just saw that. Make sure you listen to it. If you can't see the show and you want to listen to the podcast, make sure you listen to it. Like, rate, and review. Give me a five-star review. I'm on Spotify, Spotify. Apple Podcast, pretty much wherever you get your podcast, I am there. YouTubers, we are doing awesome. I had on now, I'll, I'll just say this here you know, on Facebook. I, I think last Friday's show, we had like <sighs> over a 1, thousand, 1,600 people watched the show, which is unbelievable. I, I, I can't believe you guys actually want to watch me talk, <laughs> but I appreciate you guys. That was on Facebook, YouTube. Like I said, we're at 935 subscribers. That is awesome. So I appreciate every single one of you guys. I'm getting really close to that thousand, which I've been trying, I've been working my butt off trying to get there. So I appreciate you guys for subscribing and commenting on the show and telling all your friends and neighbors about me. So tomorrow's show, Jamie's gonna be on. Hopefully, Jeremy will be back. We'll do some Bengals talk, maybe some Red stuff. We'll see. It's a opening day week. Like I said, it should be a citywide holiday on Thursday. So, other than that, as Jeremy Dimebag Dean would say, everybody, ready? Remember, all together, you don't live in Cleveland, you live in Cincinnati, so act like it. Who day? And that's your sports, baby. See ya!